Welcome to the Marketing <laughs> Trench. We are live. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm just saying hi. Ricardo, so Ricardo, Ricardo is in a very positive mood. That's probably because he just had his second child. So congratulations. We haven't congratulated you on the air since you had your second kid. He hasn't slept in a while, and he still drinks. So all of those things combined. <laughs> I can't promise how today is going to go, but the prospects are going to well. <laughs> You know, be fine. Yeah, this is gonna. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, it's been eleven days officially, and wow. I'm learning. I'm relearning how to swaddle. For the most part, he's self sufficient. He just eats and sleeps. Oh, eats, swaddle sleep, the baby! Eats, I thought you meant yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, um, we we're excited to have as a guest today, uh, Valerie Simino who is joining us from Canada. She is the Director of Operations at Knight & Real Estate, uh, Keller Williams Brokerage in Grimsby, Ontario, Canada. And uh, you know, today we're gonna be talking with Valerie about a subject that uh, I, I think we haven't really spoken a whole lot about it here in the marketing trench. You know, Normally this show is dedicated to us talking about tactics, things you can do, strategies to uh, increase your repeat and referral business. Today's gonna be a little bit different. It's gonna be talking about the stuff you shouldn't do. In fact, the stuff that maybe other people should do and how to identify those people and how to hire them and when to hire them. And, uh, you know, really just kind of the whole back end, the back office to a real estate empire. So we're thinking big. We're thinking about agents who want to be more than just a one-off show, maybe agents that want to have more than just them and a virtual assistant. We have talked about virtual assistants in the past. This is really for agents who want to build something big. That's that's who this show is for today. So, Valerie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, and congratulations on your baby. I didn't even realize that. So, <laughs> I'm a mom of three. So, I was listening, and I'm like, oh, that's very sweet. How so. do you do it? <laughs> I love it. There's nothing I love more. There are three boys. Three boys, too. I might what? Have oh, yeah. my goodness. That's awesome. That's how, how old are they? 14, 11, and 8. All right. Yeah. So I got a variety, teenagers, youngins, and they're wonderful. I love them. That's fantastic. Well, so you, you were building your empire while raising kids. Uh, and before, before we dive into this too much, freaking Scott, I don't know who you're paying these days to say this kind of, Scott is my hero. Give that guy his 20 bucks. Let's Thanks all Jay. <laughs> It really actually only cost me like a buck fifty an episode. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> In case anyone doesn't know, Jay is actually Scott's virtual assistant. I'm making this up. I have no idea. <laughs> no, Jay, Jay is actually probably going to be interested in this. He owns a uh, real estate brokerage in, uh, I believe, Long Beach, California. Long Beach. Oh, oh yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. All right, Jay. Well, yeah. thanks for commenting. All right. So, Valerie, um, you're the director of operations. Let's talk about how did you get into this role? And uh, let's, let's go ahead and just give people a bit of your background. Yeah, so I started in this role seven years ago and I accidentally, the story's actually, it's a long story. So I'm gonna shorten it up as much as I can because it's the funniest story too. So I was in the banking industry and I was actually doing mortgages, mortgages, financial advisor and all that stuff. And it just was not something that I absolutely love to do. You know how you do things daily and you're just like, your heart's just not feeling it. So I remember I saw a job ad and I normally not someone who just jumps and applies for jobs for whatever sake of it, but I applied for this job. It had nothing in it of interest, but it was just 
the catch line was, do you want to grow? Do you have a growth mindset? I think that's what it was. I was like, I think I do. So I applied. I interviewed with the agent that I'm now with on our team. Um, I left the interview with, I don't know if I should do this. I'm not really sure. By the time I got home, I had an email address set up. Like he had hired me. I left there. He had hired me on the spot. And I mean, I didn't have a choice. So we always joke about the fact that I didn't actually ever accept the position. I just became a person. (laughs) And during the interview process with him, it was the one thing that he did during the interview that I was like, okay, this is it. This is totally in alignment with where I want to go. And this is something, if you are listening and you are looking to hire an admin or build a team, you have to empower the people from day one. So he sat down in my interview process and laid the vision out for me, told me exactly what he wanted to do and who he needed to do it. And we left it on the table. Like you're either that person or you're not. Turns out I was that person because whether he, whether I liked it or not, I just became that person. (laughs) So we started the team seven years ago with just the two of us. I believe we had a buyer agent at the time. We are now 17 people in a fully operational operations team an ISA division Wow. Um, I've moved up in director of operations for our role and we have got to this point. We consistently sit in Canada between the top one to five in Keller Williams. And it's simply there because of all the things that we've been able to do over the last seven years on the back end. I'm a firm believer that because mm-hmm. of the things that we put in place seven years ago, it's really been instrumental to where we are today. So let's jump back in the way back machine in the time machine. Where was, um, what, I'm sorry, what's your, what's your broker's name? Chris Knighton. Chris. Yeah. So where was Chris at that point in the brokerage? What did it look like? What was the office like? How many people, what was their revenue? Anything you can tell us to give a sense of kind of where he was in his journey when he brought you on. So when I started with Chris, he is, was only six months back in Canada. So he actually lived in Houston for years, ran a real estate business down there. Um, he ended up coming home because this was his hometown. Six months into his role, he was a top producing agent at our market center. So when I started with him, he was sitting at, four, let's say, 40 units. Like it was something ridiculous for a single agent. And then he also had like 20 other things in the pipeline. Uh, so he needed an admin. And he knew that. You didn't have to argue with him. He knew that if I don't <laughs> have somebody doing this on the back end, I'm not going to get any any farther along. You're, so you've plateaued. Yeah, Absolutely. So that year, him, myself, him, and our one buyer agent that we had, we ended up doing 88 deals that year. Oh yeah. Like the guy's a machine. Like I want today to be about me, not him, but the guy's <laughs> like he works really hard. And one of the biggest things was the client experience. So that was instrumental for us. So 88, we did 88 deals the first year. This year we're on trend to do 300 units. Last okay. year we finished off at 288. Um, we were one of the first teams in Canada for KW to hit the 1 million in GCI. In fact, I, I want to say we were one of the first, we were the first team to hit 1 million in GCI for KW Canada. Um, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So he, 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 he had volume. He was, he was doing, um, I mean, a large number of trends, 88, your first year is, I mean, that is just absolutely (laughs) astounding. Yeah. Um, so he, he was at a point where he had the volume coming in. Did he also have uh, sort of like a, a, a process for it, like a pipeline or a workflow or some sort of process for his for his deals? Or were you building that from scratch? Was it just very much like, you know, whack-a-mole, put out the fires where they are, deal with the situations as they pop up? What, what was yeah. the internal environment processing wise like? 
it was all of that. It was a whack-a-mole for sure. Sure. If you ask him, he's like, I'm an absolute disaster and I just need someone to keep <laughs> I came in and he actually wasn't that bad. I was super impressed. I had zero experience, zero experience in like the administrative role. So everything that I did day one, I messed it up hard. Like I <laughs> took systems I up over and over again. I learned so many things in my first three weeks um, that I now preach like, guys, come to me before you do anything. Cause I'm going to tell you what not to do. And we're going to get there faster. So he actually wasn't that bad. He did have systems in place. Um, they just weren't sufficient enough for his growth. They were just to get him by. He yeah, knew exactly sure. where he had to put things. He knew who to go to, to ask for help, um, mm. to get it until he found someone to actually really, truly help him. So he did all the right things. Um, he was just a mess and his pipeline because lead gen to him is his number one. Like he's like, I'm in the lead gen business. That's exactly right. what I did. So his legion was perfect. His pipeline top notch because that's where his dedication really solely lied. Which is great because you have leads coming in, but man, yeah. it sounds like he was in survival mode. <laughs> I want to say that because then it looks like I came in and saved the day, but I don't want to take away from just how organized he, he, he was. Sure. Okay. Well, so and you, it, it, well, the other thing that I'm noticing here is that you mentioned, you know, the customer experience is really, really important with him. And, and the challenge is, yeah, you might be able to do a hundred sides a year, but your customer service, your customer experience is going to suffer because you're running around whack-a-moling everything uh, that's out there. That's really interesting that he produced at such a high level and then found somebody with a growth mindset. That's pretty much the only <laughs> skill set you needed, right? Quick and, problem uh, <laughs> And, and right. then you help because, I mean, really that, if you don't have that good customer experience, you can't go out and get a brand new you're, client you're, every single time and have all your past clients hate your guts. It doesn't just, work that you're way. You're just That's chasing not transaction after transaction. So we made right. a decision, right. right? And part of his vision was to be a relationship-based company not just mm. a real estate team. We're like, we run it like we're a business. Our mission statement is to build trust with our clients so our clients could build better lives. So that's what we mm. stick to whenever we're onboarding new agents, on, onboarding new operations, or even working with our clients. Like okay, it's so, going ex oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, what I was gonna ask you is, what was the first thing you tackled in this whack-a-mole environment? Listings, because that's where, his, that's where he really excelled in was listings. He carried a ton of listings. Um, we had a buyer agent that was servicing the buyers and that, that system's a little bit more maintainable as a buyer agent. There's not a lot that, you know, until you, until you decide to grow a team, it just, it's, it's easy to manage. Um, uh, but on the listing side, right off the hop, we started, that's where we're going. Was what, did, what did you do with the listings? First of all, it was understanding his quality of service. And I highly recommend again, when you're onboarding a new person, let them watch you. Like I spent three days, unfortunately we were in a 200 square foot office space, which was so ridiculous. So I had no choice. Um, You'd have to reach very far to hit that mole. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's because we shared that small space that I was totally able to catch on facts to what client. I wanted to, here was awesome. my thing. When I came in and I wanted to do listings, that meant I needed to speak like him, work like him, taught like everything like him. So that way the clients came to me instead of him. So one of my main missions when we first started was I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to take everything and I'm going to become better at him at speaking to the clients. And it got to a point where the client <laughs> stopped calling him and came right to me. And that's what I wanted. 
because that's leverage. Now you don't have to worry about that. You can go out and do more listings, meet more people. Let me do the conversations on the back end now. Okay, so you did, did that mirroring experience. Did that mirroring experience become a part of your your process moving forward as you as you brought more people on? That sounds like it was a really uh, impactful and a uh, really effective strategy. Yeah, I sat and listened to him while he was would do his lead gen, so I learned his language because that what he's he was already yeah. building client experiences. He was already being a genuine human being. To just people. naturally. Yeah, just naturally. So I just wanted to, yeah. and I was very similar. Client experience is super important to me, and I don't I don't give an inch on that. Clients are everything, and I want them to walk away having the ultimate experience because that's your repeat and referral pipeline as well. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing you did then is you learned, you learned to speak his language. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then from a process perspective, from an admin perspective, what were you taking off of his plate once you learned to speak his language? So this is what I tell anybody, because I get, I get asked that question almost on a daily basis. Like, how do you know what to leverage to your admin when you hire somebody? Every business is going to be different. So this is just my best advice based on my experience over the years is you find out what their top jobs are. So for instance, in our, in our world, his top jobs were lead gen, going on appointments, negotiating contracts, script practicing and role playing and tracking his numbers. So I cre helped him create a system for each of those top jobs. Everything else became my job. So if that, you know, like tracking, tracking numbers, what's the system we're going to use to track these numbers? How often are we going to visit that? So we put the processes in play based on his top jobs and then everything else, which is, you know, your checklist, your database, then you get into the nitty gritty stuff. And then that's where you also have to build the systems out for each of those as well. And, and did you, like, did you just conceive of this stuff on your own? Like you were just sitting here watching it kind of happen and you're like, okay, we need this, this, and this, you were a systems thinker, or was it a collaborative process? Like how did those conversations look with you guys? It was three different things. So it was definitely, definitely for me jumping in. It's like, how do I streamline this? Not only for him, but for me. Mm -hmm. So how, what are, what do mm -hmm. I need to do right now today to understand how this is going to work. And then from there, if it doesn't work, we fix it, we tweak it, we, we reorganize it, whatever. But as long as I can have a solid foundation. Second, he was super committed to it just as much as I was. We both know that we weren't like there just to be there. We're like long-term vision. So what do we need to do each with each other to get there? And then the third is lots of training, masterminds, webinars. Like you, I would drink from a water hose some days for just knowledge on my big thing is I never wanted to go back to Chris and ask him for help. I didn't want to go back and like ask him questions, even though he was fully supportive to answer them. But for me, it was super important that I figured it out on my own. I wanted to be my own resource. I don't know. We just lost Dustin. That's awesome. Yeah. This, this sounds like not a lot unlike the conversations we've had when it comes to like, how do you figure out what stuff to delegate so yeah. that you can hire a virtual assistant? Yeah. Right. Like we talk about, yeah, Scott, what were you going to say? Yeah. So, so what's, what's, what's interesting is, is, um, you know, he kind of, were, were you like employee or, or assistant number one? Like, I mean, was he a solo project before he hired you yeah, I was and then, and then and then 
And then did you hire the rest of the team or did you kind of manage, did you kind of put together the hiring process for him and put together the, the teams and the systems? And I, I guess what I'm curious about here is, is if anybody's listening to this and, and you said it, I mean, it was so simple. You had it, the ad was for somebody with a growth mindset, hmm. but like, I think what everybody is going to want to know is how do they find a Valerie? Right. And, and I think that's interesting. I mean, do you know if you have, you know, was there something unique about you or, I mean, you said it in the very beginning and you said it and we kind of pushed past it, but a very vague, somebody has a growth mindset and you said that I think it was the single most important is trusting you. Mm -hmm. He empowered you. He was like, okay, do you have this quality? Um, you know, do you have this character? You guys took some time and you got to know each other, for, you know, interview or whatever. And he said, cool, here's my vision. Now go do it. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's, that, that's counterintuitive to so many well, entrepreneurs. How, how because, often do we have uh, control issues? We don't want to relinquish control or trust or and, hand it off to someone else because and, only we and can do it right. Right, right. And that's the entrepreneur mindset, right, is, is we work really hard and we do all of this. So like what I'm kind of pulling out of this is, it, it, you know, one, one message or one story here is he was smart enough to know, I want somebody to, that has this one quality that's, the, that's really important to me. And then I'm going to completely trust them and see where they go with this. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, and I think that's, I think that's absolutely, I think that's absolutely amazing. I am, um, I say it all the time. So I've changed the way that I look at my hiring process. So I'm not looking mm. to hire in my roles anymore. People, and there's nothing wrong with this. I don't want you to think like it's, it don't go down that road. That's, that's not what I'm saying. It's I found success in hiring people who have an entrepreneurial mindset. You said it, Scott, and I was waiting to tell you that's like my profile. <laughs> For me, when that's, I think that's what made me different is I wasn't in this as a job. And I, that's mm. when I, you know, when I, when I recently wrote my book, my book was to empower real estate admins to stop treating it like it's a job. Clocking clock out. Yeah. Like it's wow. not, I knew that day one. I'm like, listen, I'm not going down the road of like starting a whole entire new career, new job. I'm at a stage in my life where I've got to take this because this is my passion. I've always had an interest in real estate, never just took the dive in. So this kind of all fell into place for us. And I think, you know, we both onboarded at the beginning. I onboarded operations. He onboarded sales agents, but I supported that. We built out systems. We broke them so many times, guys, like over and over again. <laughs> like that's the other thing too. A lot of people wait for a perfect system. No. Right? Fast. Go for it. Fix it as you go. Uh, we have agents on our team. One of the things I always um, compliment our team on is our turnover ratio. So we've really, truly been a solid team for probably five and a half years out of the seven years that we've all been together. And in those five and a half years, we have three of our, our agents still on the team. Hmm. And they get so mad at our onboarding process because originally this was our onboarding process. Here's a laptop. We're going to hook you up to this thing called Mojo. It's a triple line dialer <laughs> and a piece of paper. If you need us, we're over here. And these people like grinded it out. They, they are on a repeat referral business. They're my top producers. They're my favorite realtors in the world. Like I love them dearly. Now our new agents, they're like day one to day 100. And here's this. And let me walk you through this. And they just watch this process. They're like, 
we didn't get any of that. Like, I don't even know if I got an email <laughs> for a week. So. But little do you know, you created that process. That's right. <laughs> Watching <laughs> you fumble around and stumble. It's like, we got to make this easier. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll build systems out and you'll build on them. You'll let them go. Um, but the most important thing is implement it, act on it. Don't hold it till it's perfect because you're never going to launch it. You ne you'll never get to perfect. Yep. And then, in we, we, have a, we have a saying here called uh, up to my neck and ship. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's really the philosophy you should be doing, right? It's because, and Ricardo, actually, it's funny because Ricardo and I, uh, and Scott and I have been talking about a project I'm working on. And, you know, I've been kind of tinkering at the edges on it. And Ricardo finally just said, ship it, dude. Just ship it. Just ship it. <laughs> ship it. Ship it. Right? Like that was. <laughs> what's what's funny is you're exactly this conversation. You're teetering on the edge of perfectionism. And it's like, dude, stop. Ship what are you it. talking about? It just needs to be a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if we can emphasize that point enough. I mean, realistically, I, I, I see so many people get paralyzed by perfection. And they're like, this has to work. But the thing is, is, is the only thing that you think you can have a perceived perception about a system. And then when, as soon as you introduce a human, forget about it. It's gone. Like, like, like it's like the human being is the X factor on how they use your system. And you're like, this is perfect in my head, but how is somebody else going to be able to go through the system? Right. It's, it's, yeah, this is, um, this is so smart. Really cool. I always tell people when um, we, cause you know, when you onboard me, people, they always have great ideas. The best ideas, they see something like we should do this. Forget all of the work that you've done the last five years building up to this. This is what we're going to do now. I love it. I, I'm just like, Here, here's what I need to, need to do. I need you to write it down for now. Let's get through what we need to do right now. And then we'll come back to this and we'll see if it's something we can absolutely implement. And then a lot of the times when I coach the administrators, it's like, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to learn it, love it, and then we're going to launch it. Did I say perfect in there at all? <laughs> like, did you hear me say we have to get it to perfect before we launch it? You said I love, love it. it. Perfect. <laughs> okay, I do love it because how many times, I always ha I have to say that because how many times, systems are not the most exciting thing in the world. Like they're not. There's some things that you just, you have to do because it's the part of the grind that has to get you to the greater stuff. You got to do it regardless. So how are you going to love it? So I try my best to empower the admins to love it. Let's figure out how to make this a lovable thing because we're going to launch it. So I, I need you to be fully in and fully yeah. on board with this. Yeah. Yeah. So there, Barry, let me, let me ask you this. Cause there's the, you know, there's sort of this, this philosophy of, um, help them make this system their own idea kind of thing. Like, like you kind of put the framework out there, but then you let them grow within it. Like you trust the people that are using the system to actually build the system on the fly or build out the system yeah. on the fly. So like you start laying rails. So how much of your system modifications or improvements um, do you have a feedback loop built into the system so that that's how you're determining whether the system is effective from feedback and you're kind of letting the people using the system own the improvement of the system and they know that? Yeah, so that's that's amazing. I have lots of answers for this one. So first of all, the the, the, the framework is the vision. 
So when yep. you hire somebody, it's super important for me that I'm not hiring somebody that I need to micromanage, not because I don't have the time, but because we don't actually have the time. Like it's not because I want to take away from the onboarding, but we've got so many amazing things going on. So I, it, first it comes down to hiring the right people. Who's your ideal team member? Who do you need on your team to not only hold the culture of the team, but to support the systems. Then I also want everyone to come to the, the, the team with a, um, entrepreneurial mindset. I want them to take this and treat my, even Chris, myself, we're true believers. This is your business. Now we just hired a marketing director. This is your marketing company. Now here's our vision. Now create the systems and it's okay. Yeah. If you don't work, we're going to break them. So it's going to be messy. And so I'm you give them permission to give them yeah. permission to, to hit roadblocks and fail. And I start coming in and telling people, and, and we're not in an environment where we have a employee mindset. We don't, we don't do that. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, we have employees and we have obligations to them in terms of like whatever the rules are in Canada for having employees, but we bring on people cause we need, we need operations people. We need people that are going to drive our business, people that want to build a business within it. So the hiring process is definitely key for us in these things. And then the systems and the framework, the framework's the vision. I'll share with you our vision. Here's kind of like what we're thinking. After the 90 days, I want to hear your feedback, what you've learned from our first 30 or 90 days together. What are some things that you would want to implement, change? But I want them to take 90 days to get to know the company, get to know the people, get to know the process that are currently in play. So that way they can either change, update, or just grow it out. Let's talk a little bit about that hiring though, because I really love your, I really love what you're saying about hiring entrepreneurial people. Mm -hmm. But the thing that makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur is that they have an ownership stake in the thing mm -hmm. that they're building, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you guys incentivize employees such that they'll take on that entrepreneurial mindset and want to invest the time and energy it takes to build systems? I, again, guys, these are fantastic questions and ones that I don't, I, I love being asked these because these are the questions not a lot of people will come to me and ask. So we don't go and overpromise anybody anything. We share the vision and we're in hopes that these people see it. Once you get into our team and you realize the culture is just incredible here, like everybody is family. It's, it's very much that environment. So our environment is, is a big incentive for people. They love being here. Incentivizing people for when they do great jobs, absolutely. We have a bonus structure on our team. Each division, so if you have your operations and listings, transactions and marketing, they each have their own bonus structure based on their bit. I couldn't do, we used to do a universal incentive, but it wasn't fair because our listing mm -hmm. manager is listing, gosh, she's gonna, she's probably gonna broker load over 250 listings this year. Wow. Right? Canceled, expired, live. She does That's it all. Awesome. So I can't give her the same as my marketing director, right? So what we do is when we bring them on, we're like, as a business owner, what would be a great incentive for you? We ask them up front. Wow. You really, you ask them that like in the interview or after? Absolutely. After Absolutely. I tell them if I were to invest back into you, what would you want that to look like? And what kind of responses have you gotten from this? I honestly, I don't know if it's because I'm asking, I hire the right people, but they're, so, <laughs> they're like, I don't know. Um, you know what I'll do? What if we just did every couple, every, you know, two months we do, or sorry, every quarter we do a bonus structure. Like, what does that look like? Like, tell me. 
Now, if someone comes to me and it's really far off from what I can afford, like what's in our team budget, because it has to be realistic at the end of the day too, but I'm never going to dampen somebody's ceiling. I am never going to tell somebody that's impossible. Yeah. I'm going to say, you know what? That sounds great. Here's how we can do it if you're fully committed. So for instance, when people come on, always negotiation, money is on the table, like I'll give them my set fee. If no one negotiates with me, if people take that salary and they're like, yeah, that's great. Okay, let's go. I'm like, oh, I have an employee. Like I'm going <laughs> to, I have a day-to-day -day employee and that's okay. Now I just know that that's the vision we have together. She's cool with the day-to-day -day operations, just doing that, going home at five o'clock, fully support that. Now I know how we're going to communicate. But when you someone comes to the table, that's right. When someone comes to the table and they negotiate with me, I'm like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I want. Well, we're going to nail this down. I want to work with them more than ever. That's They're really great. interesting. That's such a great filter question too in an interview because if someone, you know, if someone doesn't have a good answer, maybe they're not going to be the entrepreneurial mindseted person that you want. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not so, so you're looking for those entrepreneurial um, characteristics in, in all of your employees and all of the ranks, mm -hmm. like you approach every single position the same way. So our agents should have that regardless. That's just, sure. we want them to build out knowing that we're just a foundation to support your business. Gosh, we just have tools and systems in play already. You're going to build mountains just based on what we have. But for our for our operations side, absolutely. Because I know that I have big projects that I want to accomplish and I can't keep coming back. And I didn't hire somebody to help them with their job, right? Like I didn't hire somebody to help them build that out. Yeah. I hired them because I trust them to do it for us. So you have to empower them. Like that's, this is a huge thing and it, it's a lot... Right now in my world, I'm dealing with a lot of um, agents who are offboarding their admins and their operations after two days, two weeks, two months. And we all know we've read a million books. It takes 66 days to form a habit. We're giving someone like 10 days to work fast. Yeah, it's, and they're it's, unable to read the the your the boss's mind in that period of time, yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> and then you're like, this person didn't work out. <laughs> oh. I tell people we got to go through ninety days. It's going to be really messy, and I tell them here's how we let people go. But I also in an interview process, I worked my way through the system where it's like I no longer tiptoe around the important stuff. If there's a red flag, I'll stop an interview and say, okay, here's what my gut's telling me. Let's tackle this for a minute. Mm. and go right into it. Oh, wow. it, it, it it's my turnover guys like my operations team i haven't lost an operations person we've been in the industry for what did i say six, six going on our seventh year right now and i lost one person because her husband got a job at apple in california oh, wow. i'm like <laughs> what do i say you're my, you're my right hand but right you, you take that job you follow that <laughs> yeah <laughs> And so, so and, you know, we, we have a long bench, a warm bench of people that want to work with us. So, okay. So that's a really good question. Cause I've, I've, I've heard people do this before. So even when you're full, when you're fully staffed, you don't stop interviewing. No. Wait, what, what do you interview for? What do you, <laughs> what? <laughs> so we I'm going through, so we have a marketing director. I love her dearly. She's not going anywhere. I would never let her. I also shackle <laughs> my operations team to their desk. I know I'm just kidding. I did that for you. Um, so I, I, we hire the right people. And then we just treat each other extremely well. So 
I interview all the time. And here's the thing that I do as well. And, and I'm not recommending this to anybody because it, it's just my nature is if I have an admin in front of me, they're top talent, but I don't have a place for them. My goodness. I have an, I have 10 agents that could use an admin. I'm going to call them up and be like, now it's time. I have the perfect fit for you. I'm going to share the wealth for sure. That admin's going to have a job. That agent's going to start producing at a higher level than ever before. And then hopefully if I want that person, I just take them back when the time comes. But I was going to say, I was going to say. <laughs> I signed a contract like you can have them until we're ready for them. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I should start that. That's the sort um, of deviousness I appreciate. <laughs> so <laughs> let me kind of ask you, I, I have this other yeah. question. Do you, do you find, like, do you have set hours for your employees or do you, how much flexibility do you give them? It, it sounds like they're so excited to be a, at the office. It would have Scott, to be a pretty major, it would have to be a pretty major deal for them to call in sick or something like that. Like they would feel guilty or feel bad. Yeah, do you, do you have any that. flexibility on that? Um, you what? I don't want to come across as like, like, like a structured person. So in their contract, <laughs> it's nine to five, no one judge me. Okay. In the contract, it states nine to five, Monday to Friday. And on occasion, cause it's real estate on occasions, there'll be some time where after hours, evenings and weekends, you may get a call from an agent or you may get a call from me. I am also on the other side of that. I'm super protective boundaries and structures. I am so protective of my operations team that I will not. So yeah. if they were to call, if anyone on our team was to call me at five 30 on a Monday night, I would answer and be like, Oh my God, are you okay? I have created a world where it's like, this is my yeah. time now. Right. So from five o'clock on, I'm with my family and that's super important to me. Again, it all comes down to when you build a team and you have the right people, everyone's so respectful of that. So our administrative team is nine to five, Monday to Friday. And because we've created this opportunity and, and created this kind of culture that if an agent calls them on a Saturday at 12, they're not like, oh my God, this agent's called me. They're like, hey, what's up? What's going on? What can I do for you? Okay. So I, I like that. But as a guy who runs an escrow company, <laughs> <laughs> you already so, know where I'm going with this. So, you know, I, I, I try and enforce those same boundaries from the escrow perspective, because we get the same calls from real estate agents, right? Mm -hmm. uh, on the weekends and stuff. And I want to be able to say, hey, you know, this is weekend time and we will take care of this first thing on Monday. But the reality is those like my officers regularly feel sort of compelled at the threat of, of losing favor with their clients yeah. to take those calls. So how do you, as the director of operations, uh, what language do you give your team to enforce the boundaries? What sort of psychology do you give them? Uh, what do you say even to your clients? Like how, how are you, uh, how are you reinforcing that? Fear first. No, Fear of what? No, no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to go with that window. Cause I clued in. I'm like, simply hurry. <laughs> It's it's yeah. simply her intimidating nature if you're not picking up on that already. I'm not gonna lie, I think I feel bad. I feel like some people do feel intimidated by me and I'm I'm totally not that person at all. No, it so there's many steps to it. First is the onboarding step. So when you onboard a new agent, when you onboard a real estate team, for instance, when I onboard my You're setting my, expectations early. right off the hop. Hey guys, just let you know, for instance, for our marketing director, hey guys, just let you know our marketing director Joe has started. She is part of the nine to five window. 
Um, she's not available after five on the, on the, on the evening or weekends as well. Um, and then having her ensure that she doesn't drop her guard and start doing things behind, like, you know, still doing that. I'm like, then you've created your own boundaries. You've opened up your own boundaries. I can't support you in that anymore. That's on you. Mm. I've done the setup on my part. And then more importantly, it's just the same thing. It's practicing the behavior, treating someone the way you want it to be treated. So if an agent calls me after five, like I said, they're so apologetic. I'm like, Hey, this must be super important to you. So it's super important to me. What is it? We'll go through it. And then that's it. It doesn't happen often, but because we've set it up at the very beginning of the relationship. You've already, not, you've already trained them on how to. Yeah. If it's that. not super important because I mean, again, I love, I love what you're saying conceptually. Right. But like <laughs> the best laid plans of mice and men. So <laughs> when someone calls and they're like, this is an emergency and the emergency it's is always an emergency. It always is. emergency. So how, like, how do you correct uh, maybe an agent or maybe it's a buyer or seller who's trying to reach out. Right. And those people actually give you money because agents they're on your team. You can be like, listen bud but a client's a different story so how how do you kind of correct that when it so happens when we onboard a new client we actually introduce our entire operations team that they're going to meet so we oh, have wow. a we have a uh, i don't have it in front of me a sheet of paper and it's called our team advantage so it's chris when he's in his listing appointment or any of our listing agents he'll they'll say hey this is shannon bodner her office hours are nine to five if you need anything at all she's your girl if you send her an email after five she's probably not going to get back till till the next day or if it's on a weekend, you'll hear from her online. Wow. And it really, it's, we're so diligent about you're, that. You're training the expectation again. We're running a business. And here's the thing. None of, no agent is ever going to turn down a call from a client when they call after five. And it, it, and here's the thing. It actually doesn't happen a lot. It really doesn't. You'll find a lot of the questions they get are happening through the day. Yeah. So, and here's the thing, if they texted Shannon, I use Shannon because she is our listing manager and she does deal with our clients wholeheartedly all the time. But if a client were to text her after hours and she didn't respond back, she would respect, she would, that'd be the first text in the morning at 9am. So sorry, I just got your text now. I was out of office until this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you reinforce that up front, which is so great because, I mean, frankly, that takes bravery, right? Like I hear from my sales team and I've, I've been in these conversations where we, we do talk about our boundaries, right? Our mm -hmm. escrow officers work, in our case, it's till 5.30, 6 o'clock. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those are their hours and they're not generally available on nights and weekends. And then the first thing we hear is, well, you know, I'm so busy and important, right? And there's this kind of, I can only work with people <laughs> who work after hours on the weekends because real estate's 24 hours and I hear it, right? Like it's, I get what they're saying and I don't mean to mock them because no, not they, at all. I know agents are getting those calls late and they, you know, they feel like, Hey, I'm working. You should be working. That's the, that's the mindset. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's, yeah, I just, I think it's interesting that put you're it out of office. put it out of office on your email. The minute they leave, have them switch their auto on to hey, yeah. thanks for your email and back in the office tomorrow at 9 a.m. And, and just and just reinforce it over and over. That, that, do you know? That. Do you know that I used to tell um, at my previous job? I used to tell realtors, I have two rules of thumb. I don't take my work home with me, and um, if you need something done, schedule an appointment because I don't take my work home with me. 
I, I think that it's... <laughs> no, you, you, you know I, I used know. to do that, right? <laughs> the, ones, the ones who would get upset were, I'm sorry to say, the, the, the ones who are the most demanding, but my top producers usually respected and appreciated that boundary. So it all comes down to when you're working with the right people. So our mortgage company is 24-7, right? Our agents, they communicate 24-7 with each other just because that's the nature. You, just got, you know that that's the nature of the industry. Sometimes you have to give those answers when your agent needs it because it is also, they, they, your agents are your clients. They really are. You have two sets of clients, your, yeah. your clients that are actually getting a mortgage and then your agents. So there's an exception to everything that we do, but well, it's... And quite frankly, uh, home uh, consumers, they're doing this home shopping and stuff after work, yeah. right? That's when they're right. together. That's when they can communicate when they're off work. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the time that they get to do that. So right. uh, yeah, I understand that, that part, but, but you're right in terms of operations, nothing, there's not very much in operations. That's an yeah. absolute emergency. Lawyers, banks, they're all closing at four, <laughs> four thirty, five o'clock. So, you know, like yeah. it, it really is a world where it's like, we can't do anything. So that's why with that out of office email, it just lets, it gives the client a peace of mind. And we ask every, every client during the process, what is some feedback you can give on us in the six words? Cause there, could there be anything that we could have done differently or better? Or if we were to service, say one of your family members, what would you like to us to do to give them the ultimate? They have never once said we could never get a hold of you guys. We can. That's never been a mm. feedback. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. It's, Even though technically they can't reach your office staff after five o'clock, <laughs> they, they don't need you though. Well, and they don't feel like that's a problem because you've educated them that it's not a problem. You've got the you know out of office that says this isn't a problem, and as soon as you know, as soon as eight o'clock or nine o'clock rolls around, they hear from you. So yeah. it feels like not a problem all the way around. Yeah. Well, it, and there's a, there's, there's a lot of value to making a promise and keeping it as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're say, if you have that email that says I'm not coming out, because if you didn't call them until one or two o'clock the afternoon, the next day, they're not going to be happy about that. But if you prioritize, listen, anything that came in after hours, get that taken care of in the morning and 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 do mm -hmm. that um, that act is almost more impressive than answering the phone at eight o'clock at night if you look at my admins um time like their schedule from 9 to nine thirty is client client follow-up yeah. that's emails mm -hmm. phone messages text messages group text whatever yeah. it is i i i have kind of a question we got a few minutes left here uh, you're you're you've mentioned a bunch of times about hiring the right people mm -hmm. i'm wondering is there a question or a a couple of questions that a prospective employee would ask of you that would be a red flag that you would say okay they're not a good yeah. fit so here's what I do before I even get to the interview process is when I'm searching for talent, I'm very descriptive. So if this seems like a fit for you, drop into my subject line of my email, one thing about yourself that you love. Mm -hmm. and if, 
And so I'll get a lot of one guy. I, again, please like, this is just my own. Personal. Is that, is part of that just to see if, is part of that just to see if they follow directions? directions. <laughs> well, yes. Attention yeah, to detail. Yes. So that's definitely the second one. And when, but, but it also says a lot about people. So a gentleman actually put in his tagline, uh, I love money. Now, <laughs> am I going to hold him for, that was honest and raw, right? Like this guy's been at home. I love money. And is I'm that like, Ricardo? Wait, yeah, I was going to say, Ricardo, I didn't know you had applied. You were actually applying for a job when we connected. I didn't know so funny. This <laughs> is your. This is his interview. He, he's interviewing <laughs> you right now. Well, well, well. So no. Um, and this show isn't real. This is all this elaborate scheme. So, so I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to gloss over that because because I, I have a very. I, I have an interesting and and somewhat parallel experience with communicating with, with, with people more recently that I'll, I'll share real quick. So during, so on your ad, you're being very, very detailed about what you're looking for. Are you talking about, um, you have to have a growth mindset. Are you talking about these high level character kind of things that this is, if you're this type of person, it, so you're not listing out, you need to have the TPS reports stapled in triplicate <laughs> by five o'clock. You're you're saying you're you're talking about are you this kind of person and does this sound like you? And then you're asking them to, you're giving them directions, but you're giving them the flexibility to answer in a way that you're going to get some insight into what kind of person they are. Absolutely. One thing on our team is we need, we have personality. My God, the team is overflowing <laughs> with massive personality. We also, say I, I didn't pick that up from Pierre at all. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like famous out of all of them. And our team has fun. So our job description is honestly the most ridiculous thing you'll see sometimes because I don't talk about the systems and the needs because you can train anybody. Like we can train anybody to do our systems if it's the right hire, right? But the right hire has mm -hmm. to have detail oriented growth mindset, have to be willing to, to put up with a fun environment of people. Not a lot of people can handle the amount of things that this, this team is ridiculous at times, like just ridiculous. So I want to focus on making sure that person's okay. Do you know one of my, my very last question in the interview process is, do What's you swear? What? What? Oh, wow. That's, 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 that's a crazy one. I could not, not. Like, I. How I've many gallons of out. sweat come out trying to wondering what answer does she want? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but it's so true, right? Like, it has oh, to be wow. a match. It has to be a match. We, the best part about hiring someone is you get to hire somebody you want to work with. And then you get to not hire somebody that you don't see yourself working with. <laughs> I picture the entire process, that person sitting beside me, day-to-day -day activities. I love that when question I, so much. I, yeah. I'll ask all the hard questions up front, 100%. But the very last question before they walk out the door is that. And even if they say no, I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm going to forgo all your talent. You don't like to swear. So <laughs> I'll pass you on to somebody else. The right answer how is yes. How great, would, how great would that be? Of course I don't. Sorry, you're not a fit. <laughs> I, I, I not, I, I'm so sorry. This isn't going to work out. No, the next question is if this is a fit. It's like, okay, here's realistically how this team functions. And they curse. They swear all the time. I need to know that you're going to be okay in that environment. 
Yeah. I, I need to know that you, you can handle <laughs> that. So, I, and then we obviously we ask them who their favorite hockey team is. Because that's, <laughs> that's non Awesome. That's definitely a Canada thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is so oh, good. Funny. <laughs> okay, so we're, wow, we're that is really funny because you're basically hiring to build your circle of friends. <laughs> Here's the thing, Scott. It's so true. Yeah. It really oh is my so gosh. True. When you're building a business, you can pick the people you want to work with. I mean, we don't do friends and family. We we try our best not to hire friends and family because there there has to be some sort of, you know, respect for the whole thing. And yeah. if things aren't working out, I want to remain a friend and a family member after this if I ever have to let you go. So that for me is just something I can't do. So I have standards. I have some sort of threshold. I have standards. <laughs> 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 but I'll awesome. bet when you I'll bet when you do family I'll bet when you do family things with with the company like company events and they they bring their spouses I bet their spouses just love the fact that they work with you. Yeah. Honestly, right because they probably come home and they and they come home they're not stressed out they had a great day. Right. Or the days that Chris and I completely stress each other out and I have to apologize I'm so sorry he's coming home like this my my absolute apologies. He's all yours now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so wife, are, like, heads up. When we get together, so also on our team, we make it very clear, and this is something that we, we speak very highly of, is creating events for the team. Every quarter, we celebrate. And we celebrate hard. It could be something ridiculous. Wow. Like we're going to plan a bowl. I hope no one's watching on my team, but we're going to plan a bowling event in, for the end of March to celebrate Q1. And you know what? Celebrate regardless. Just celebrate being together and getting through this entire pandemic and not losing your minds. Yeah. yeah. So that's super important. Yeah, Ricardo celebrates hard every night. <laughs> basically. That's his that's his philosophy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, we are we are coming up around you know, the, the end of the show here. And so I want to give you a couple of minutes. Uh, so if let, let me let me let me step back because I don't know that I've said this yet. If you're listening to the show and you've really enjoyed everything you're hearing so far, Valerie has written a book and you can buy it off of Amazon. It's called mm -hmm. Empire Builders, uh, Systems and Models for Building a Successful Real Estate Business. Um, and just, you can just look up Empire Builder uh, Valerie and it will, it's the top hit on Amazon here in the United States. I bet it's in Canada. Um, and then of course we'll link to it in the show notes so you can quickly uh, find it as well. But uh, from your book and from, you know, all the questions we've covered so far, is there something that you would look back and say, hey, guys, there's one thing I want to leave everyone with or there's something we didn't discuss that I want to really quickly bring to the table? Um, one thing that we've actually, we talked about it quite a bit, actually, but to really dive a little bit deeper into if you are hiring an admin or if you have an admin right now, I highly suggest you go back and take a few minutes. And, and after everything that we've talked about today, Ask them just one question. It's what could I be doing more? What do you need from me that I'm not giving you? Because I guarantee you that mm. will differentiate everything for you. That will take your admin. It's the, your admin wants to do this with you. And I don't want to just dwell on admin, admin or agent roles. I don't want to leave on that, but they want, they said yes to this job. So help them build a career out of that. You have to empower them. It's super important. And, and the book is all, the book is actually designed to speak to the agent and the admin. So it'll tell you what, as an agent, what you should be doing. And then as an admin, how to le or leverage and implement that for the agent. 
So the book is a tool because I, I wouldn't be where I am today if my team leader didn't give me a platform to do so. My day one, I had access to every single bank account, which was so intimidating, but I was like, I don't have a choice. I have to do this and I'm going to do it. So what, what can I be doing? This is the agent asking the admin what the agent can be doing more. What can I be doing? What could I be doing better? What more do you need from me? What are, what am I missing? God, I can go deep into questions. Um, so here's the thing. You want to know how to do this and you want to stay in connection with your admin. Here's the best thing. End of the day email. At the end of every day, have your admin send you an email. Five questions. What did I do today? Have them answer that. Were there any challenges? And if so, how did you overcome them? Because now you find out how your admin's learning on her own, he or she. The third is, what do you need from me? That's an open-ended question. When Chris and I first started doing that, my answer used to be, I could use a stapler. Then I realized that wasn't actually what the question was he was asking me. It's like, what do you need from me? And then the fourth one is, um, do you have any questions? We in the admin world are overlooked because you guys run a mile a minute. And you forget that you have somebody that's working with you and for you and wants to see you succeed. So communicate with them. I tell you, I, I, I can actually promise you your business will grow once you start having communications like that, conversations around that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's super powerful wow. stuff. Is that in your book as well? It is. It is. There you go. So I just linked to the book in the chat. You can find uh, the Amazon link in there. And then of course, like I said, we're going to have it in the show notes. Valerie, this has been fantastic. Thank you for coming on. Thank, Thank you for you doing guys. the show with us. Thanks for all your wisdom. It's really, really great. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to follow you or uh, you're also a coach, by the way, you do coaching. Uh, right. So where, where can people f find your, your presence online? Super simple. I'm on Instagram at val.simino or val underscore simino. Can you spell that out for people who are listening? Yeah, V-A-L underscore S-I-M-O-N-E-A-U. And then famous old Facebook, Valerie Fox Simino. <laughs> Fox is my maiden name. I don't want to drop it just yet. Um, <laughs> Valerie Fox Simino. And I would love if people connect in any questions, any way I can help somebody else grow their business by way of just a conversation, I'm more than happy to do so. And then your personal website. Between least, nine and five. Between the hours of nine and two, <laughs> nine and two. I'm, I lowered my hours, so. <laughs> wanna um, make that clear. I just wanna, wanna make that very clear. Out there, so. um, <laughs> no, my book is available at, at empirebuildersbook.com. Okay. Or I have my coaching website, so many ways to connect with people these days. My coaching website is elitebosscoaching.com. Great, fantastic. Awesome. Well, um, if you are listening, please do check out her website, check out her book, uh, especially if you are trying to build your empire, your real estate empire, and you know that you need admin help, or maybe you have an admin and you feel like, gosh, I really could be getting more out of this person. Th these tips, these questions, this is all really fantastic. So thank you for that. Um, if you want to check out more of what uh, Scott is up to, he's got some big stuff. Scott, you rolled out an amazing new website, findmywayhome.com. <laughs> Um, and do you want to just take a minute and talk about some of the changes happening there and who should check it out? Not necessarily, but I will. Gosh, you're so um, useless. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, so, I mean, listening to, to Valerie and kind of your, your interview process, we did something very interesting. We're a consumer direct uh, website. It's called findmywayhome.com. 
Um, and what I do is I empower loan officers. Um, we help them create content for them, video, uh, video content, mostly just talking about solving problems, the stuff we run into every single day so the consumers can find it. And one of the things that I just did that was kind of an experiment is we pulled all lead forms off of our website. So now all we have is a question box for the consumer. What is your main concern about qualifying for a mortgage? Then we ask for their contact information and the, here's the magic. We, the last question is, is there anything else you think we should know? And you would be blown away by how much they tell you exactly what their problem is, what they think their challenge is, so that we can go into those conversations already knowing what's going on. And as you were saying that, I was just thinking about that shift that we did where we kind of empowered the consumer to do that. So that's what that's what I do. Yeah, so findmywayhome.com. If you are looking to get a loan, definitely check the site out. Also, if you're a lender who's thinking about producing video content, absolutely check the site out. Scott's actually been doing some really cool master classes. We'll dive into all that later, but you can find out more about that stuff at findmywayhome.com. That's where Scott's hanging out. And he's also accepting a big award today. So he's going to be looking good in a suit. And if we can get a picture of him in a suit, it will appear on the internet so that you all can gaze upon Please post his handsome distance. <laughs> there, will, there, will be, there will be evidence. This is we're looking forward to Scott in a suit. Um, you can find Ricardo Bueno. Uh, he works over at Follow Up Boss, but you can find him over at ricardobueno.com uh, where he has his other podcast. He's always posting content. Although right now, are you even are you taking a break from posting content with Kiddo? Uh, and... I'm supposed to be taking a break. Occasionally, I may check an email or two. Yeah, there you go. So he might be taking a little <laughs> bit of a hiatus, but still a lot of great content over at ricardobueno.com. You can find me and my team, lighthouseescrow.com, if you're thinking about buying or selling a house in California and you want to know what your closing costs will be so that you can know how much cash you can walk away with on your home that probably appreciated insanely in value. Congratulations on your equity. Uh, you can go to our website, scroll down a couple scrolls, and uh, just put in your information to our free closing cost calculator, and we'll pump out an estimate for you that might be very helpful for you. All right, we're at time. Guys, this has been fantastic. Until next time, this has been The Marketing Trench. Yeah.